Hey, this is Pastor Matt. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we pray it speaks to you in a life-changing way. your phones, your tablet, whatever it is you use for your word today. We're going to jump right into the word of God and let's see what God has to say to us this morning. We started just a couple of weeks ago a series. I didn't even put the title up this week. I just put a picture up. And then the series is called Earth, Wind, and Fire. And uh, it's it's been good. We've been looking at Acts chapter 2. Grab your Bible if you would. Go to Acts chapter 2 with me quickly this morning. Acts chapter 2. Keith uh, spoke early and, and read a passage that led to this passage. John chapter 1, John the Baptist saying, hey, I, I, I baptize in water, but there's one coming who's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That is in John 1, the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, the end of Jesus' ministry here on this earth. Jesus tells his disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. They don't know what they're waiting for, just a promise. They go and they wait in an upper room, and we find this story now in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together, all in one place, and suddenly, everyone say suddenly. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent, rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. And they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And then they were all filled. Everyone say filled. Yeah. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They're in the upper room. They're waiting, 120 of them. And as they're waiting for this promise and praying and seeking God, all of a sudden it sounded like a, a, a mighty rushing wind blowing into this room. All I can imagine is this, 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 this roar of a sound. How many heard the storms blowing last night? Oh, I woke up. I saw it and heard it both. And I looked out my window. You could see some trees out our bedroom window, and the limbs were just blowing. And I, it, was the, it was like this mighty rushing wind that just filled this room, that roar of that wind. And all of a sudden, it looked like tongues of fire setting up on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Earth, wind, and fire. The Spirit of God. We, we talked a little bit about, about uh, the wind and how it translates in the Bible oftentimes is when you see the word wind, it means the breath of God, the Spirit of God. The presence of God. We, we talked about how a sailboat, we put up our sails and we position our sails so we can catch the wind because until the sail catches the wind, the boat is useless. You can have the most beautiful sailboat sitting out in the middle of the most beautiful ocean, but if there's no wind blowing, that boat is nothing. You can have a beautiful windmill, and we've seen them before in, in different parts of the world, these beautiful windmills, but if there's no wind, that windmill is useless. And when it comes to our lives, we can have the most beautiful churches, and we can have the most beautiful buildings, and the most beautiful people, and the most beautiful worship, and the most beautiful programs, but if there's no wind, if there's no wind, 
what point is a windmill without the wind? What good is a sailboat if there's no wind? And what good are we as Christians if we don't have the winds of the Holy Spirit blowing in our lives and pushing us and pulling us? And last week we talked a little bit about how the Holy Spirit, it pushes us like the wind, but we also realize that as sailboats, they, they can travel three times faster than the, the speed of wind. And the reason is, is because the wind pushes them, and once they start moving, they get that collection of wind around them, and it starts to pull them. And how we need each other, not just the Spirit of God pushing, but we need the Spirit of God in each other's lives pulling us. And it makes us go beyond where we thought we could go, and faster and further than what we thought we could go. Last week, we talked a little bit about some winds and how those winds affect our lives, and we want to continue that this morning. Last week, we talked about the winds of blessing. What does the Holy Spirit do? What's the Spirit of God do in our lives? What's the Spirit of God do in our community and in our world and in our churches? Not one thing, the Spirit, the, the, the Spirit of God, it brings winds of blessing into your life. Talked about when the Israelites were trekking across the wilderness and they were just kind of trying to figure things out lost half the time, following a fire, following a cloud, not knowing what's going on, and, and, and they were getting uh, you know, bread, manna from heaven. It was raining upon them. Every morning they would pick it up, but then they began complaining and they wanted meat, and the Bible says, and a wind blew in, and it blew the quail in, and it poured quail. Can you imagine? The Bible says it was quail that was three feet deep on the ground. The one who gathered the least, the Bible says, gathered 50 bushels of quail. They had meat running out their ears, and the wind blew that in. The wind blew it in. And, it's, and in our lives today, some of us are going, well, I sure could use some blessing from God. I sure could use some favor from God this week in my life. You need, a, you need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blowing in your life. You need it. You need it. This morning we want to continue this same thought of these winds and the effects of the wind. Number one, you have winds of blessing. Number two, we're going to have winds of deliverance. How many believes God's still delivering God? And he still delivers people. How many can say this? I, I, I'm just curious now. How many can say this? I was, I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about just a, a, a general sin right now. I'm talking about or a general life of sin. But how many can say there was an area in my life, a specific area, that, for, let me give you an example. Maybe some of us, we, we, we've known people and you've known people too probably who let's say they were an addict and God literally delivered them just delivered them from it. How many can say, I'm not saying you were an addict, but how many can say there was areas in my life where God just delivered me? How many can just by raising hand go, yeah, that's me. Man, a lot of hands are up. Do you know why? Because God is a delivering God. He takes us from where we were and delivers us from that. Delivers us from that hand of oppression. Delivers us from that hand of depression. Delivers us from that hand of addiction. Delivers us from that hand of, of hate or, or, or unforgiveness or bitterness or, or whatever it is or, or lust or, or whatever. He, he delivers us out of that and he puts us somewhere else. And God is a delivering 
God and the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, it blows in our lives and it blows winds of deliverance, blows winds uh, that sets us free. Psalms 34, 17 says, the righteous cry out. The righteous cry out. Not the sin. The righteous cry out. I thought, I thought only sinners need delivered. Oh, well, look what it says. The righteous cry out. The Lord hears them and delivers them. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them and delivers them. Psalms 18, 2. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my... Now, some of you don't know the word very well. He is my rock. He is my fortress. And he is my deliverer. Yes, he's our deliverer. He is still our deliverer. The winds of, uh, of deliverance are still blowing today. They're still blowing today. Do you remember the story of the disciples crossing the, the sea and the storm arose and Jesus gets up. They wake him up. He gets up. He calms the storm and settles everything down. And the question they asked, the question they asked was this, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and waves obey him? Psalm says that the righteous cry out, God hears them and delivers them from all their troubles. Here they are in the middle of a sea, in the middle of a storm, surrounded by trouble. And Jesus, listen, was woke up, he, they woke him up and, and he spoke just a few words. Just a few words. Uh, he didn't pray. He didn't preach. He didn't say, get the worship team up here and sing us some good songs. He, he didn't go somewhere. Let's, let's get over here to this meeting where we can hear this guy preach. Let's get over here to this church where we can hear. No, he just got up. They woke him up, and he got up, and he spoke a couple words. He said, peace be still, and the storm stopped because he controls the winds and the waves, and he delivered them from their trouble. The winds of deliverance. The winds of deliverance, still blowing today, still blowing today. Over and over in the Bible, we see st stories of Jesus delivering people. We see stories of, of God delivering people from their trouble. We see God delivering people from, from uh, you know, uh, uh, oppression. We see God delivering people from possession. We see God delivering people over and over. This whole word of God is just filled with stories of God delivering people from where they are. The winds of deliverance. Maybe you're here this morning, you're going, well, you don't know the trouble I'm in. And I don't really know the trouble you're in, but I know the God who delivers us from our trouble. And your trouble is not too big for him. Your battle's not too big for him. Your, your, your issue's not too big for him. Your addiction's not too big for him. Your inner turmoil's not too big for him. Your, your emotional issues aren't too big for him. God is a God of deliverance, and the wind is blowing. What we need today, listen, church, I keep saying it, we need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blowing in our lives, blowing deliverance into our homes, into our lives. Exodus chapter 14, sticking with the theme of the Israelites. Exodus 14, a well-known story. Israelites are delivered from Egypt. They're, God just poured out and delivered them in the most amazing way. And, and they're, they, they, they're home at last, home at last, right? They're free. They're going away, and, and they're waving goodbye to the Egyptians. Oh, they're carrying their gold on the way out. 
And they're so excited about their newfound freedom. And immediately, I mean, like immediately, they run in. Uh, why they would do this, I don't know. But, oh, you know, I would think, like, take the path of least resistance, right? They take the path that leads straight to the, to the sea. Wouldn't have been such a big deal except they realized Pharaoh's armies now are coming after them to bring them back to Egypt. They don't know what to do. And they're in the middle of this in the middle of this mess. And they're and in front of them, they're standing on the shores, and all they see is a sea in front of them, and the dust of Pharaoh's army behind them. They don't know where to go and they don't know what to do. And God tells Moses to do something that is totally, totally opposite of what we would think they should do. He says, Moses, take your hand and stretch it over the sea, and I'll take care of the rest. Moses walks out in obedience. He takes his rod in one hand. He stretches his hand over the sea, and look what the Bible says here. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back with what? With a powerful east wind. Winds of deliverance. They are in the middle of nothing. They are, in the, they are between rock and a hard place. They're between, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a doctor's visit over here and a doctor's visit over here. They're between a lawyer over here and a lawyer over there. They're in between these two impossible places to be with no answer in sight. And the Bible says, and, and Moses stretched out his hand, and God caused a strong east wind. Wind. You may say, well, how did God how did God split the sea? It makes no sense. It had to be a miracle. Well, it was definitely a miracle, but he used a wind to do it. He used a wind to do it. And that wind drove the sea back and it split it in two. The Bible says they walked across on dry ground. Two, maybe three million people marched across the sea on dry ground while the clouds set behind them and blinded Pharaoh. I love the rest of the story because when they finally got on the other side and now they're looking through this enormous part of water, this, this corridor of water going all the way across the sea that they just marched across on, and they look back and they see Pharaoh's armies now, and, he's, and, and, and Pharaoh's armies decide, we're going we're gonna to go after them. We can cross the same sea. How many understands just because you cross the sea doesn't mean everyone else can cross the sea? Sometimes God opens up doors for you. They're not for everyone else. They're for you. He opened up the door for them, and they crossed. And, and Pharaoh said, let's go. We can get there. And the Bible says they took off across there with their chariots, and as soon as they got in the middle, God just went, I'm going to cause the, because he's the master of the wind, I'm going to cause the wind to stop blowing. The Bible says the walls of the water just fell upon Pharaoh and the armies. The winds of deliverance. The winds of deliverance. I think sometimes we think God just doesn't know where we are or he's forgotten about us or, or somehow we got lost in the mix and God doesn't understand anything about where we are today. All I know is this, because of one person's action, because of Moses' obedience, the winds of deliverance began to blow. Because Moses was obedient, because he was willing to do what no one else would maybe be willing to do, because he was willing to hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God, the winds of deliverance began to blow. I know this much, church. We need the winds of God blowing in our homes. 
We need the winds of God blowing in our lives and in our churches. We need the winds of God. A fresh wind. A fresh wind. A fresh wind of God blowing. Winds of deliverance. Winds of deliverance. Number three, we, we, we look now at, at the winds of blessing and the winds of deliverance. Number three, the winds of change. The winds of change. I get it. Some of us go, well, I don't really like change too much in my life. And I understand it. The older I get, the less I like change, I think. I, I understand that. But we do serve a God who does things suddenly, who changes. Do you know Acts chapter 2? That, that when, it, when the Bible says, and suddenly, that suddenly, that little moment, that, that one moment in uh, all of the history of the world, that one moment where the Bible says, and suddenly there was this mighty rushing sound like wind blowing in, a, in these flames of all the, the Spirit of God being poured out is what that is. That one moment of suddenly changed everything. It changed everything. You might go, well, I'm not going to change. I don't like change. I like who I am. I'm uncomfortable with change. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be awful hard to serve a God if you're not willing to change. Because God is constantly changing us. He's constantly changing us. He's constantly changing our lives. This God is constantly causing change. Exodus chapter 10. Moses is, is sent to Free the Egyptians. He's sent to free them from, uh, free the Israelites from Egypt, I rather. He sends them, uh, Moses there, Pharaoh's having nothing to do with this idea. You You can imagine. You can imagine Moses standing before the king and going, hey, I need you to let go of your two million free labor, you know, slaves. You need to let those people go. He wasn't really having anything to do with this. And God was like, well, and he told Moses, Moses, he's going to have a hard heart, and, and uh, I'm going to make him pay. <laughs> you, know? So, you, know, you don't want to harden your heart against God, by the way. God's a God of love, but he's also every once in a while a God of, I'm going to make you pay. So uh, he's like, I, I love you, but, but if you're not going to listen, I, I'm going to want you to listen to me. And, and so he's like, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to harden the heart of, of the Pharaoh, and, and they're going to go through a few things. And, and so he's began pouring these plagues out, but there was ten of them before, before the Israelites were actually set free, and 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 he's pouring these plagues out, and he's pouring these plagues out, and and I think it was like number seven, he pours out this 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 plague of hail, and it just decimates the fields, decimates the land, decimates the crops, and and, and Pharaoh's still hardening his heart. He said, "I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to do it." In Exodus chapter 10, t- teaches us in, in verse 12. Let me, let me turn back here so I can read it. Exodus chapter 10, if you have your Bible, turn there with me. You're going to want to see this. Exodus chapter 10. So we, we've went through like a plague of frogs and a plague of gnats and a plague of flies and death to their livestock, and and then yeah, seventh plague was hail, and it decimates everything, and then we get to we get to Exodus chapter ten, and in verse twelve, look what happens. And the Lord said to Moses, "Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, and the locust 
will come up over it and eat every plant in the land, everything that the hail left. Everything that the hail didn't destroy, I'm giving locusts. I'm pouring locusts out. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord sent out an east wind. He sent out an east wind over the land all that day and through the night. By morning, the east wind had brought in the locusts. The locusts went up over the entire land of Egypt and settled on the whole territory of Egypt. Never before had there been such a large number of locusts, and there never will be again. They covered the surface of the whole land so that the land was black, and they consumed all the plants on the ground and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Nothing green was left on the trees or the plants in the field throughout the land of Egypt. Can you imagine? I'm telling you, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but when God tells you to do something, you may want to do it. You may want to walk in obedience. You go, well, God's a God of love. He doesn't do that. I don't know what God does. I can't tell God what to do. All I know is they wasn't in obedience, and God's like, I'm going to pour out some locusts. And he doesn't do things in small portions. He poured out this enormous herd of locusts, and now it's just covering the ground, and it's eating up everything. And Pharaoh, you know, he does this thing, and just like many of us, because of all of this, he feels bad and wants to get things fixed and wants to get things right. And, 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 and these locusts are eating everything, and all was lost. All was lost. Literally, the land was gone. The plants were gone. The fruit, the vegetation was gone. Everything was lost. They don't know what to do. And then and let's skip right on down to verse 18 for just to save us some time. Moses left Pharaoh's presence and appealed to the Lord. Then the Lord changed the wind to a strong west wind. The east wind blew the locust in. And then there was a change. And the west wind blew the locust in. Out. It says the west wind, and it carried off the locusts and blew them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the territory of Egypt. A strong east wind comes and blows in this enormous amount of locusts. But then, then there was a wind of change. Then there was a changing wind that blew. And that changing wind came from the west, and it blew the locust out to the point that there was not one single locust left. I was reading that scripture the other day. It made me realize that, that God is a God of change. When the winds of the Spirit of God blow in your life, it blows in change. You can't help it. You can't help it. You can't help yourself. If you're in the presence of God long enough, you're going to start changing. If you say, God, blow a fresh wind into my life, you're going to start changing. You can't help yourself. If you're seriously and, and, and all full-heartedly going, God, I want you to blow a fresh wind of the Spirit of God into my family. I want you to blow a fresh wind in my home and in my life, in my job, in my business, in my church. You can't help it. The, the Spirit of God brings change. It just does. 
and the locusts he blows in. And, and, and we're going, oh, that's so terrible. I don't know why God would do that. God was the one that did it, by the way. He blew the locusts in. But then there was a shifting that took place. There was a change that took place. And some of us needs a shift Some of us needs a change. The Spirit of God, the wind blew, and it blew from the west. The same, listen, the same wind. It was a wind that blew them in, and it was a wind that blew them out. It was was a wind that, that blew in the locusts. It was a wind that blew out the locusts. God can blow in. God can blow in your life. He can blow in your home. He can show up and do what you can't do yourself. God can blow in healing. God can blow in deliverance. God can blow in peace. God can blow in his favor. He can blow in his blessing. God can blow in his wisdom and his understanding. We're all confused and we don't know what to do. God can clear that up in a moment. In a moment, God can give clarity. In a moment, God can begin giving revelation. We just heard about that. I didn't know, but God gave revelation. I was telling someone earlier this week, and, and, uh, and I mean it with my whole heart, I mean this. been praying myself for some revelation and some direction. And in the last month for our church, I've gotten more revelation and more clarity and more vision in the last month than I have in the last two years. Now, you don't know it yet, but you're going to find out one of these days what it is. Just clarity. God can blow in. God can blow in your life. He can blow in your home. He can can blow in and give you understanding and wisdom and direction. And at the same, listen, the same time that God is blowing in stuff into our lives, aren't you glad God doesn't just blow in, but he also blows out? I'm glad, I'm glad we can say God can blow in healing. He can blow in deliverance. He can blow in strength. He can blow in favor and blessing and wisdom. But at the same time, he can blow out disease and he can blow out sickness and he can blow out bondage and he can blow out addiction and he can blow out confusion. What good would it be to blow in wisdom if you don't blow out confusion? What good would it be if you're going to blow in healing but you don't blow out sickness? I'm glad the winds of God blows into our lives but it blows out of our lives. And it brings change. It brings change. Some of us, I, I know, some of us, we struggle. It's just, I'm just, I'm not moving. I don't like the change. I don't like it. I don't like this and I don't like that. Listen, we need to get way past that and just go, God, blow into my life whatever you want to do. You know what the beautiful thing about a sale is? You put up a sale, you, you can put up a sale and that wind's just going to take you somewhere. And you don't get to tell the wind where. You don't get to tell the wind. The Bible, John says it. I don't know where it's coming from, and I don't know where it's blowing. I don't understand it, but I know one thing. If I put my sail up, eventually the wind's going to blow, and it's going to carry me somewhere, and it's going to carry me where the wind wants me to go. And in our lives, if we just position our sails and say, God, just show up and blow in my life. I don't care where you take me. I just want you to take me somewhere. I don't care where I'm going. I just want you to get me there. I don't care how we get. Just get me there. Move me from where I am. Change me from where I am today. Blow into my life. And if you have to blow out, blow it out of me. That's fine too. I need both. Change me. Change me. Lastly, this morning, winds of life. 
We've talked a little bit about it. But the winds of life. Because when the winds of God blows in your home, it brings life. Wherever the wind of God blows, wherever the Spirit of God blows, wherever the Spirit of God shows up, wherever the presence of God is, it, it brings life. In the very beginning, in Genesis, we see God creating the heavens and the earth. And what did he do? He created life. In every facet, it was life, life, life. Everywhere God shows up, there's life. Everywhere that God shows up, there's life. Everywhere that God shows up, there's a move, there's a presence, there's a, a living being. Every time God gets involved, he brings life. When God gets involved, when God's spirit moves, life becomes apparent. Life becomes apparent. Life becomes obvious. When God gets involved, life becomes the most apparent thing there is. I get it. There's some. I, I don't know. Well, I say I get it. I don't understand this. But there's a lot of Christians, a lot of people. I'm just just kind of sharing from my heart this morning. But they act like they're scared to death of life. Act like they're scared. What if God moves? What if His Spirit stirs? What if something gets out of control? What if What if this? What if that? And and scared to death the death of life. I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I get it. I I understand. There's some things that's weird. I get it. There's always crazies out there. I mean, we're a Pentecostal church, and if you're ever, if you didn't know that by now, and if you're if you're ever in a Pentecostal church for very long, you're always going to find a crazy or two. They're around, okay? I understand that. I get it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, oblivious to that. I, I get there's some weirdos out there. I'm not talking about weirdos. I'm talking about the life of God. I'm talking about a move of His Holy Spirit and a move of His presence. When God moves, it brings life. We act like we're scared to death of it. Like we're scared to death of it. I'm not getting, I, get, I heard people, I'm not going to get caught up in emotionalism. Well, I'm not talking about emotionalism. But if God moves, you're going to get emotional. If the Spirit of God blows in your life, you're going to get emotional. If not, you're the weirdo. You're the crazy one. If God actually blows in your life and moves and stirs in you, and you go, well, I just don't feel that. I'm not going to act like I'm happy. What are you talking about? You can't help it. It brings life. It brings a change. It brings a newness of spirit in you. It's this thing that God does. And, and I get it. I get it. I get you can say here and go, well, it's just not me. It's just not my personality. And it's not my personality either. I, I, James and I were just talking last night, and I don't, I'm not the guy that goes to the football game with my stomach painted up, my face painted up, and, and, and you know, cheering and yelling and screaming. That's not me. It's not me. So when I hear preachers go, well, you go to the ball game, I'm like, no, I don't do that at a ball game. I'm louder in church than I am in a ball game because I think that's the way it should be. I think I ought to be louder with the things of God and the presence of God than I am a ball team. I, and I, I'm reading this scripture in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, God's telling Ezekiel, showing him this valley of dry bones. We know the story if you've been in church very long at all. You've probably heard it. But this, he's showing Ezekiel this valley of dry bones. He says, can these bones live? And, and Ezekiel says something like, well, only you know if they can live. 
And he said, I want you to prophesy to them. I want you to prophesy to them. That doesn't mean tell the future. We've, we've got a little confused on what prophecy is. It doesn't mean tell the, tell the future. It means I want you to speak my word into them. I want you to prophesy to them that they will live. And he prophesied and they stood to their feet. And then he said, now I want you to, I want you to call the four winds of the earth and breathe life into them. Because they were standing and living much like Adam and Eve, but they were until the life was given. Until Adam was created, but until life was breathed into him, he wasn't a living being. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 5, God said, And I will cause breath. Another word to use there, by the way, is spirit. I will, use, I will breathe spirit. I will cause spirit to come into you, and you will live. You will live. He sees this valley of dry bones, and the Bible teaches us like these bones are just everywhere. It's a mess of bones. In my mind, I see this, you know, deserted area, this desert dried up area, grounds with cracks, and these just bones laying over, rib bones over here, and, and, and leg bones over here, and arm bones over here, and skulls over here, and all these beat pieces and fragments of bone. But when he began to prophesy, all of this massive bone, all of this disaster, all of this stuff that's just so broken up and messed up and, and ruined, all of these pieces just start, I don't know, I wish I could see it, but it just starts zoom, coming together and leg bones come over and arm bones come over and collar bones come over and just do, 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 and it comes together and all of a sudden there's an army standing there and the breath of God goes into them and life, life happens, life takes place. It wasn't, it was just the Spirit of God, the winds of His Spirit blowing. And it brought life. It brought life. These bones were scattered. They were broken. They were in pieces. They were a mess. They were confused. But when God got involved and the Spirit of God began to blow, they start coming together. When God's spirit begins moving, what once was messed up, what once was broken, what once was lost, what once was useless, what once was confused, now begins to come together and it blows life, and it blows life everlasting. Some of us today, we need deliverance. We need the winds of deliverance blowing. Some of us need the winds of change blowing in our life. Some of us need the wind of life blowing into our home and in our lives. I feel dead inside. I feel dead in my home. I feel, I feel like my faith is dead. I feel like my, my trust in God is dead. You need the winds of God. You need the Spirit of God blowing in your life afresh and anew. Amen. The winds of His Spirit. The winds of His Spirit. Acts chapter 2 says they were all in one place, in one accord, about 120 of them. I don't think we quite have that in here right now. But And the wind was sounded like a mighty rushing wind, blue. By the way, I don't know that they ever even felt the wind. They just, we don't need to wait on a physical wind. We're talking about the Spirit of God. That's what it's talking about. The Spirit of God blew. And they were just in a place to receive it. 
That's all. You know what they did? They just had their sail up and positioned to catch the wind. Some of us this morning, we just need to reposition our sail a little bit to catch the wind. We need to reposition our sail because we're sitting in the sea of this world and we're sitting still and going, I don't know why I'm not moving. I don't know why I'm not producing. I don't know why I'm not doing what I'm called to do. I know God's got some sort of purpose for me, but I find myself just sitting in the middle of an open sea doing nothing. What is wrong? What's wrong is we haven't put out our sails and positioned them for the wind. Because if we position our sails, the wind is blowing. Uh, it's not that the wind's not blowing. The Spirit of God is moving. The wind is blowing. You've got to get your sail positioned to catch the wind.